Wow. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> well, good morning and welcome to K1. We are glad to worship with you today. If you are new with us this morning, my name is Pastor Andrew. I'm the lead pastor here. Thank you for sharing life together with us. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 7 again. <laughs> Luke chapter 7, this time in verse uh, 11. Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse 11. As you are turning there, let me welcome you back to the third week of our vision series called The 500. The 500. Say it with me. The 500. What is our vision? Our vision statement is this. By partnering with the Holy Spirit, we will experience 500 transformed lives over the next two years. Let me say that again. By partnering with the Holy Spirit, we will experience 500 transformed lives over the next two years. That's it. All that we do, everything that we are, will be consumed by this goal. <laughs> I know what you are thinking. I know that it is a big goal. I know but you, uh, we refuse to insult gods with small visions, small dreams, and small ideas. And the reason is simple. We have a big God. We have a big God. The uh, reason that we uh, 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 have a big vision is because we have a big God. Our key verse for the series is found in Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah 32, beginning in verse 26, says this. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Behold, I am the Lord. Say it with me. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? For me, what does 500 life transformations look like? What do we envision? We see 500 salvations, or 500 sanctifications, or 500 baptisms. More than anything else, we see 500 written down testimonies of lives that are being changed. We see 500 people taking the next step. On the journey with Jesus, 500 lives changed, 500 transformations, 500 people set free. And let me tell you, this is God's vision. This is God's vision. This is not my vision. This is not the staff's vision. This is not even the church's vision. This is not even the board's vision. This is God's vision. And when God shows up, when God shows up, you can be assured that he is going to accomplish it. Luke 7, beginning in verse 11. Are you all there? All right. Luke 7, beginning in verse 11, says this. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town 
called Nain. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. What do we see? His disciples and a large crowd went along with him. A large crowd. The large crowd that was following Jesus, I'm sure, was full of hope, full of confidence, full of expectation to see what Jesus might do next. Continuing on, as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow and a large crowd from the town was with her. A large crowd from the town was with her. What do we see? We see two large crowds here. One with Jesus, the other with this widow. One full of joy, the other full of grief. One filled with hope, the other filled with mourning. And what the large crowd following Jesus saw shook them to their very core. A person was being carried out, and not just any person, but a young person, a young man was dead. Through sickness or disease or accident, the Bible doesn't say which, one day he was gone, just like that. The young man was uh, the only son of his mother. The gut-wrenching reality from this poor mother was that the son in whom she had put all her faith, all her trust, all her hope was gone, was gone, was gone. The loss of a son equaled loss of provision. The loss of a son equaled the loss of protection. The loss of a son, more than anything else, equaled the loss of hope. And death, and death, and their way of thinking, death was definitive. Death was absolute. Death was final. All hopes, all dreams, all visions of what Jesus could do, might do, can do, were crushed at that moment. The young man was dead. The young man was dead, and there was nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing that they could do about it. Even worse, there was nothing they thought that Jesus can do about it. The way of life meets the way of death, and death has won. Making matters worse, uh, verse 13, when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry, don't cry. And you can just imagine this woman's uh, response. Don't cry. (laughs) Don't cry. Do you know who this is? Do you know who this is? This is my son, my only son. 
Do you know what this means to me? Do you know how broken, how devastating I am? Who do you think you are telling me not to cry? Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been so broken? Have you ever been so desperate? Have you ever been so hopeless? If you have, you know that this woman was thinking, this widow was going through, when heaven is silent, when hope seems to be lost. But Jesus, Jesus wasn't done yet. (laughs) Jesus wasn't done yet. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier that they were carrying it on, and the bearers stood still. He said to uh, the young man, young man, I said to you, get up. And the, young, uh, the, the dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. The, uh, uh, Jesus gave him back to his mother. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And, and I don't know many people, uh, uh, dead people, that sat up and began to talk. But this dead man did. This dead man did. Because he wasn't dead anymore. He wasn't dead anymore. He was alive. He was alive. A couple of weeks ago, Lucas had been fascinated by the ant traps that I have been putting out around the house. He wanted to know how they work. He wanted to know if they work. He wanted to know uh, uh, what would happen to him if he touched one. I listened to him rattle on and on with all sorts of questions. And then when he was done, I said in my most gentle voice possible, with all sorts of compassion and kindness dripping from my voice, I said, if you touch one of those ant traps, you die. <laughs> you die. Plain to that, you die. <laughs> so this past week, he was helping my wife, uh, Simone, out in the pantry. When all of a sudden, out of the blue, he said to the Simone, you know, uh, Mom, if you touch one of those ant traps, you die. And uh, sorry, Mom, you die, but we can pray and pray some, uh, pray some more, and then you might begin to shake. And then you, uh, God might do a miracle by bringing you back to life. God might do a miracle by bringing you back to life. The faith of a child. The faith of a child. And though this woman didn't have that kind of faith. She, I believe, was thinking to herself, wrestling with herself. He can't. Can he? 
He can't. Can he? Can he really raise the dead? Can he really bring the dead back to life? No, it couldn't be. Who has ever heard of a man being brought back to life? Crazy, impossible. He can't. Can he? And this little bit of faith, this little bit of faith, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. The Bible clearly states, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. You see, it's not a matter of how much faith you have. It's not about that at all. If it were a faith contest, this widow will still be burying her son. Uh, Let me say that again. If it were a matter of faith, if it were a measure of faith, this widow would be burying her son. And I, I am being honest with you today. If it were a matter of faith, you would still be burying me. Someone in our church recently asked me, me um, if, I, uh, if you haven't been effectively been kidnapped and made to go to the merging uh, room, would you have gone? Would you have gone? And the answer is no, not at all. Not in a hundred years would I have gone. I was in outright denial unto my diagnosis. And then still disbelieve that it could be that bad. I, I thought to myself, I am healthy. I am strong. I can count on one hand the time when I have ever been sick. <laughs> Maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> Maybe it's benign. Maybe it's just getting started. Maybe one or two weeks max, and I will get back to doing what I love to do. But disbelief to, and turned into frustration, and then frustration turned into anger, and then anger only then uh, anger turned into acceptance. I am a pretty, uh, pretty black and white guy. Remember, I was studying uh, pre-med. I wanted to become a doctor, and a doctor goes by facts only. <laughs> and the facts, the facts did not look very good for me. The fact was that I had cancer. The fact was that it was in the brain. The fact was that um, the fact was that I had a glioblastoma. The fact was that it was stage four. The fact was that it was terminal. The fact was that I was going to die. After all, 
That's what most terminal cancer patients do. <laughs> the fact was that I had very little faith. I have very little faith. I have very little trust. I have very little hope. But you know who did? You know who did? You. You. The local church did. The church did. The local church did. You, as Kenki First Church of the Nazarene, did. The local church had faith. The local church had trust. The local church had hope. And they saw me through. You saw me through. And if you are struggling right now, wondering if you have enough faith, enough trust, enough hope, let me tell you the truth. You do. You do have enough faith. You do have enough trust. You do have enough hope. If this woman had faith, you do too. Maybe more. Maybe even more. It's not a faith contest. It's not a faith contest. She hoped against hope that Jesus could do something, anything, knowing full well, knowing full well that he, if he were an ordinary man, couldn't. Couldn't. But he was no ordinary man. It was Jesus. It was Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Savior of her world. The way of life meets the way of death. And now, rather than death, life has won. Rather than death, life has won. The way of life has won. Never to uh, die again. Never to be defeated again. And I don't know what your uh, needs are right now. I don't know what you are going through right now. Maybe it's a physical need. Cancer, heart attack, leg issues, stomach issues, stroke, seizure, or something else altogether. Maybe it's a financial need. May, uh, paying the mortgage, paying the rent, money for food and uh, clothing and shelter. Maybe it's an emotional need. Disappointment, depression, fear, anxiety, despair, thoughts about suicide. Maybe it's a spiritual need. Feeling a million miles away from God. Desperate to know him, but not sure if he is even real. Desperate to trust him, but not sure you can. Maybe like this widow, you are crying out desperately for a son, desperately for a daughter, desperately for a spouse or parent or friend. Heal my child. Heal my spouse. Heal my friend. I don't know what your needs are right now, but I do know this. Jesus Christ is here. Jesus 
Christ is here. And Jesus Christ says to you, get up for the way of life is here. Jesus Christ says to you, get up for the way of life has won. Death thought it was won. Death thought it has gotten the upper hand. But Jesus Christ is here. The way of life is here. And the way of life has won. The way of life has won. Never to be defeated again. And when you cannot get up, the burden The burden of the physical, the emotional, financial, spiritual is too heavy, too difficult, too burdensome. Hold on. Just hold on. Just hold on for help is coming your way. Help is coming your way. Hold on, for help is coming your way in the local church. In the local church. The local church is the hope of the world. The local church is the hope of the world. In fact, let me go one further. Our local church is the hope of the world. Our local church is the hope of this neighborhood. Our local church is the hope of this community. Our local church is the hope of this county. Our local church is the hope of the state, the nation, and the world. And we can do immeasurably more together than we can ever do apart. We can do immeasurably more together than we can ever do apart. Jesus, 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 the local church is the hope of the world. Our local church is the hope of the world. That's why we don't have to do it alone. That's why we can't do it alone. Because the local church tapped in to the power of the Holy Spirit, tapped in to the power of the Holy Spirit, is the hope of the world. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Is anything too difficult for me? Is anything too impossible for me? No, because I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. There is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing too difficult for me. All our hope is in him. All our trust is in him. All our faith is in him. All our love is in him. We just have to hope. We just have to hope. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Pastor Don, can you come and place for us? Jesus, we're here. Jesus, we're here. Come and have your way in us.
The first question is this. Do you want to be that kind of hope? Do you want to be that kind of hope to someone today? Someone who is lost? Someone who is disconnected? Someone who is far from God? Do you want to be that kind of hope? Light shining in the darkness. You see, we live in a dark and dying world. Look around, look around, and you see the only hope is through the a lost in the dying world, a lost in the dying county, a lost in the dying neighborhood is the hope of the church, our church, to be the church again. Our church can be the church again to make relationships with the lost, to bridge bridges with the disconnected, to find people so far from God and be used by Jesus to bring them back home again. Let me tell you, our church can be the church again. Our church can get, be the church again if everyone does their part. So if that's your prayer today, you say, I want to be that part of the local uh, 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 church. I want to be that part of a vision. I want to be a t- part of the local church who gives hope to the world, a, a part of the local church who prays with people, disciples people, is on mission for the ones in need. The local church is the hope of the Lord, uh, world. Our local church is the hope of the world. And I want to be part of that vision. If that's your prayer today, make me hope. Make me hope to the lost and the dying world. Make me hope. If that's your prayer today, just lift up your hand high right now. Just lift them up all over the sanctuary. All over the sanctuary. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hands down. If you keep praying today, I want to speak specifically to those who are starting out, are starting over in your relationship with Jesus. The question is simple. Do you know this kind of hope? Do you know this kind of hope? Do you know this way of life? Do you know this way of life that says to you, get up, get up. You see, Jesus came for you. He wants to encounter you, visit you, have a relationship with you, and never let you go. The broken, the lost, the hurting, the dying, he is suspecting you right now. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter where you have been. The Bible says he forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, but as far as the east is from the west. 
so far as he removed our sins from us. And now, and now he is inviting you into this eternal life. All you have to do is call on the name of the Lord. Give you life over to him and you will be saved. For those of you that were say, that's me. I'm ready. I need help. I need forgiveness. I want to know this way of life. I want to know this time of hope. I want to know this hope. I am in need. I am hurting. I need a Savior. If that's you this morning, I need grace. I need forgiveness. I need this kind of hope. If that's you this morning, just let, uh, raise your hand high right now. Raise your hand high right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hmm. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Is there anyone else? Praise God. Praise God. Everyone here, if you would, all over the sanctuary. Everyone here praying with your neighbors. No one prays alone. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I love you. I need you. Jesus, you died so I could be forgiven. Jesus, you rose so I can be set free. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you. I'm never turning back. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. K1, can you celebrate with me new lives, new hearts in the kingdom today? Church, God is doing something amazing in our midst. And if you raise your hand today, we want you to know we celebrate with you. We celebrate with you. Here's what I like for you to do. The K1 team and I would like so much to pray with you and to encourage you on your walk with Jesus. So right at the end of this service, the K1 team and I will be at the altars or right outside the uh, sanctuary in the um, uh, uh, common area. Go to one of these two locations, and the K1 uh, team will be glad to celebrate with you and to resource you on your journey to freedom. Let's stand together. Pastor Don, can you lead us out as we close?